See, it's easy to cheer along when somebody else is dedicated, when God is actually calling for us, ourselves, to be dedicated. Am I making sense today? You see, it is a rare man or a woman who will stand boldly against the degeneration of time. But if America's ever going to be again what America once was, it's going to take a revival of integrity and a spirit that brings dignity back to a people through a God who loved them even in spite of themselves. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. AZ.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Today I want to do a simple message that I've entitled Memories, Memorials, and Dedication. The price of freedom, that's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. The price of freedom. America was established. No matter what history, the revised history tells you, America was established for people who were looking for religious freedom. They were under a tyrannical government. They were under a uh, a tyranny of people that said, you can't do certain things and you have to follow certain things. Now, rules and regulations are fine, but these were such to throw God out of it and to say, I don't want to be a part of God. And and their, their establishment of God was not the God that scriptures would talk about. So they established this country. But there was a great price, and when the country was established, uh, hundreds of people died just trying to weather the environment and the, the different things that they dealt with in this new world. But the price of freedom is paid in many different ways, and today we recognize some of that freedom, some of that payment the Bible teach, or not the Bible, uh, history teaches us that there's many that have died that nobody knows who they are. In America, they have a tomb that is just simply dedicated to a soldier only known by God. A memorial that is erected to the dedication of all those who gave their lives. And even as the adage says, is all gave some, but there are some that gave all. And today, as I said, it's beyond just the military, it's the law enforcement, fire protection, emergency medical, I mean, a host of different organizations that give us the freedoms that we have today. This country was founded and based on this heart and this principle. (coughs) Many years ago, a man by the name of Patrick Henry stated some very famous, famous words that resonated through the world and does even today, give me liberty or give me death. 
we see a change even happening in the environment of this nation. We see that the things that we once stood strong on are being dissipated literally on a daily, if not an hourly basis. And you sit back and say, well, what is happening? I know what's happening, but the reality is it makes no difference what's happening because our freedom is based far beyond the United States of America. Can somebody say amen? In Genesis or Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says, Suppose I go to the Israelites, Moses is speaking, and say, God, the God of your fathers sent me. And they ask me, well, what is his name? We've been talking on Wednesday nights about the names of God. And, and I was sitting down thinking, okay, what is God? It is through the name of Jesus that all freedom that we have in this post-Christian country, if I can say it that way, is, has come through that name. And listen to what he says. He says, tell them that I am has sent you. The Lord God of your fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then I want you to underline this. I highlighted it in your notes, but I want you to underline it. He said, this is my name forever. And the name by which I will be remembered for always. Today, most memories are symbolic. They have a good memory, a bad memory, or whatever memory. They, there's a lot of symbolism to it. The if-onlys, the would-have, should-have, could-have, the didn'ts, or the I-dids and wish-I-hadn'ts. But the reality is in all of these different memories, we sit back and we remember the things that we hadn't done, or possibly the things that we had done, but we boil down to the things that words were easy. But there have been people over the years that understand that memorials, though symbolic, words are very cheap and very easy. There are people that understood they got to live what they believe if they're ever going to believe what they say they live. Symbolism has become something like lip service. John F. Kennedy, so many years ago, just made a very profound statement that is so different from our country today, our government today, look what he said. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. That is coming to the church. Most people come to church looking for what the church can do for them instead of what God's word says that we're supposed to do in the church. Can somebody say amen? So many are more concerned about themselves and they are the whole or the welfare of the country or the people. And the reason this is happening is when morals start declining, so do the structure of the nation. Our military is at the lowest it's ever been as far as morale. Why? Because the morale that causes men and women in uniform to do what they do are based on the values, the ethics, the living virtues and hope that they stand in. And when those morals are changed, the morale goes down and corruption rises up. I was reading in the news just yesterday, the government has gone across the board with all of the military chaplains, all of them in service, and made this profound statement. You can go out and you can Google the news and you can read it yourself. 
that all the chaplains must recognize homosexual marriage. They must recognize uh, the immoral lifestyles of different people, and it has to be okay. And if it's not, they're for, they're told resign. If you cannot accept this in your Christian virtues, resign. Folks, this is the world that we're coming into. Lots of symbolism, memorialism, but it's all become, most of it, just lip service. There's many of our friends that have gone or will go overseas like Zach here and like Mike has many times. There was a departure of lined up street uh, people in the streets with the crowds cheering as regiments were leaving to go overseas. And one of the recruits along the way who watched the crowd for some time asked, who are all these people that are cheering? To which another recruit responded, the people that aren't going. See, it's easy to cheer along when somebody else is dedicated when God is actually calling for us ourselves to be dedicated. Am I making sense today? You see, it is a rare man or a woman who will stand boldly against the degeneration of time. But if America's ever going to be again what America once was, it's going to take a revival of integrity and a spirit that brings dignity back to a people through a God who loved them even in spite of themselves. Nathan Hale of many generations ago, said, the only regret that I have is I only have one life to give for this country. Most of these people, some of them were deists, some of them were Christian, but they had an understanding birthed inside of them that there's something more about this nation that makes it wonderful. And ladies and gentlemen, I love the red, white, and blue, but it's not the red, white, and blue. It was the bloodshed at Calvary that did it. Paul in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians one verse nine said, "I've got a death sentence in me. I understand that my life for you will one day end up in death." But he went on to say that it's not the death that makes the big difference. I already made that decision. I'm not only willing to live for the cause of Christ, Paul was saying, I'm willing to die for the cause of Christ. There are many men and women that enter into the different uh, areas of protection that says, I'm not willing to live. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to put my life on the line. James Calvert, famous missionary to the Fiji Islands, was asked, what are you, what are you doing? Don't you realize the risk of, of going to these people? And he said, what a risk. I died a long time ago. Philippians 1.21, Paul just kind of summed it up this way. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. No, that's not a morbid idea of, of some martyristic person. It's an understanding that it's not just symbolism. It's not just a memory there's more to this thing. Paul said, the greatest life that I can live is one that helps people to understand that sometimes you've got to die. The Bible says that 
As a Christian, we have to die to this world if we're going to live towards the other. We have to make a commitment of our lives. I've often told people that God forbid I was ever to be struck with some kind of medical thing that was to take me out or that I'd die a slow death. My strongest hope as your pastor is that I've spent many years teaching you how to live for Christ, that I could then teach you how to die for Christ. Because, folks, the greatest thing that I can do in my life is to be that example from the birth that I gave in Christ to the day I go home to be with him. There are not many that believe so much in something that they're willing to die for it. Oh, there's extremists. But I'm talking of those who believe in what they live for, so much so that they're willing to die for. I remember where I was September 11th, 2001. Most of you do. And I remember seeing pictures like the one on the screen, whereas they were trying to get hundreds of people down, the fire department, the military, the different protective agencies, the police department. They were running up. And ultimately, we know they were running into eternity. Romans chapter 5 says it this way, Rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though some might die for a good man. But this is the love that God wants us to understand, that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Now I want you to look at me just for a second. This is why the Lord tells us to repay good for evil. That's a, that's a paradox for us. When somebody does bad to us, how many want to smile and say, bless you, brother? I mean, I like at times like that to be like Buford Pusser. Anybody remember Buford? The old movie Walking Tall, based on a true story. I want to walk softly, but God, give me a big stick sometimes. I know it's just me that feels that way, but, you know, I felt that way once or twice. Probably grateful that I didn't have a stick at times. But this is why God always takes and helps us understand. Guys, don't you understand? It's not doing evil for evil. I didn't say do unto others as they have done to you, do unto others as you would have them to do. Even though you know that they don't appreciate you, don't love you, don't care about you, and are taking advantage of you, God says bless them anyway. See, this is the picture that is proclaimed here in Romans chapter 5. It was not a symbolic death, but it was a love-filled dedication that took Christ to the cross. It was a love-filled dedication, a heart-filled dedication that caused those people to run up those stairs, that causes a policeman to go into harm's way, that causes a, an EMT to stake themselves right in the middle of traffic or something to try to block for the sake of saving somebody else. It is many of these different people that protect us so much that have a heart of dedication not just a symbolic memory 
a material memorial is nice, but it's not enough, folks. Many times our military, law, fire, EMT personnel, they die for a country, for a people that don't even care. Now, sadly, many of them are not Christians. You say, well, Pastor, then why would they die? Because they're not dying for symbolism. They're dying for freedom. They're trying to help us to have. I love the different articles that I get. I get stuff every day, and, and some of them just really resonate. And, and some of the, the vets and some of the older gentlemen and ladies that have done so much they get ridiculed and spit upon and laughed upon and and they just boldly stand there and say, you know, I I fought to give you that freedom. I fought to give you that ability to laugh at me and, and mock me. Jesus at Calvary, they laughed and they mocked. And he said, Dad, I know why I'm doing this. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, patriotism in America means looking out for yourself by looking out for your country. Christianity means looking out for yourself after you've looked out for somebody else. During the time of Iwo Jima, when it was being pounded by mortar shells, the men on the shore had only one objective, and that's to take the land for the cause of freedom. In New York City, there was a flag raised at ground zero, a flagpole that just seemed to miraculously be standing. And they raised this flag all in their hearts saying, we're going to defeat this. We're going to defeat this. And there's many times in our lives that, yeah, there's a memorial outside. There's a material representation outside. But our hearts are standing up just like Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, the only ones that, le- that went into the promised land from all the millions that left Israel. And when they got into the promised land, they, re- they remembered the battles. And, 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 and Caleb had spied out this hill country he wanted. Only problem is it's where the sons of Anak lived. You're not familiar with Anak so much, but you are familiar with Goliath. That's where Goliath's family lived. Caleb, think about it. He's 85 years old, but there was something birthed in him. There was something growing. There was a freedom. There was an understanding that something happened, and God did something, and God made a way where there seemed to be. So at 85 years old, Caleb said, said, hey, Josh, hey, Josh, you know me and you, buds? Yeah, we're together, yeah. You know that mountain over there we were fighting on a few weeks ago? Josh said, you mean the guy, the one with the real big dudes? And Caleb said, yeah, 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 that one. Josh said, yeah. And Caleb said, can I have it? Caleb, do you realize what's there? Yeah. But do they realize what's here? So at 85 years old, the Bible says that Caleb went and got the mountain. But listen what it says about Caleb. He had a different spirit. He had a dedication of life. 
He wasn't looking for memorials. He wasn't looking for lip service. He was looking for dedication, and that's what he gave himself to do, was dedicate himself for the kingdom of God, to take the land. Can somebody say amen? One man said that no man is entitled to the blessings and freedom unless he is vigilant in its preservation. A man's country is not a certain area of land, of mountains, rivers, or woods. It is about principle. Patriotism is loyalty to that principle. To be American is not to be in America. There is Canada that's a part of America, North America. You got South America, you got Central America. There's a lot of America, but to be a part of America is a loyalty to principle. It's about a heart, not a locale. To be in service to this country is to be willing to accept the rewards of nothing and then dedicate yourself to the purpose and the satisfaction that you did something. There is a shrine in the French Pyrenees where people go to pray. And this one war veteran who had lost his leg during World War II was seen hobbling up to the memorial one day and a bystander mockingly said, look at that silly man. Does he think God is going to give him his leg? Well, the, med- the military man, the vet said, well, he overheard him. He said, you know, I don't know if God's going to give me back my leg. But the reason I'm coming to pray is to ask God to help me to live without it. You see, the reality is everything doesn't go the way that we want it to go. And our prayers should not be to turn them to become the way we want them to be. But it's God sometimes to help me live in the way things are. Are you with me this morning? There's many veterans. There's many military. There's many people in the different capacities of protection of life. That life did not turn out the way that they thought it would be. In, in one way or another, we had 19 young people. Many of them Christians. I don't know that all of them were, but most of them I heard were Christians. Last year, when the fire turned, they were engulfed. And in a moment of time, they were in eternity. Life didn't turn out the way they thought it. But I hear stories of some of the widows and some of the family that are rejoicing in the fact that their son gave his life to do something that protected multiple others. Can you say amen? You see, it's the sacrifice of many today that help you and I to be free tomorrow. I'm always saddened when I see our Vietnam vets because I know they were one of the most disrespected people of a generation. They were judged for fighting a war they didn't want to fight by a people who wouldn't fight, and then they were not honored by a country that drove them to fight. And it just isn't right. After the the Vietnam War, there was a memorial erected. My wife and I have had the privilege of, of being at this place. They just simply call it the wall. 
Almost 60,000 names line that wall. Etched in black granite stone as a memorial to some a symbol of lip service, to to others a memorial of memory, but to every name on that wall was a life of dedication. Finally recognized after years, they still agonize today. We as Christians have to decide to live in honor of all those who died to honor as we give to honor the one who gave us all for us. As I wrap this up this morning, there were lots of symbols that have been recognized over the years. Lots of memorials that were erected over the years. But I'm here to encourage each of us as men and women of God to erect an eternal memorial in our hearts. And that's a memorial that says it's by God's grace that I'm going to stand no matter what. I've shared with people in our leadership in this church because I'm watching how the laws are coming down. And the laws are coming down to the place that one of these days America will probably have underground churches. I won't be able to stand up in this pulpit and preach the way I preach, uncompromised, unashamed, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so one of these days, if that was to happen, my prayer is that if they do come in and say, you know, hey, you can't preach that stuff. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not preaching hate. I'm preaching the love of God that can change lives. Well, the sad reality, if you don't want to change, you don't want to be told your life is wrong. And so I've got to preach the truth, and maybe they'll come and haul me away someday. Well, my prayer is one of the men or women that are leadership of this church will just walk back up here and keep preaching. Because, folks, if we don't do that, are we really free? Are we really free for the one who set us free? See, all the different things that have happened since the beginning of time. There's only one thing that really has set the precedence that changed the world forever. And that was 2,000 years ago in a place called Bethlehem, where time itself was set in two, B.C. and A.D. Now, I know they don't call it that today. but They call it B.C.E., before the common error, era, uh, error, I see I'm probably correct. Freudian slip there. I'm still a BCAD man. And that's what separated everything was the birth of a child. That the mystery of the ages hinged on. That God could love the human race so much that he would send his only son solely for the purpose of bringing him back to himself. This man, Jesus Christ, the only son of God, he said, I'll be the prince of peace. You say, well, pastor, there hasn't been peace on earth 
There's been peace in this earth, in this earthen vessel. See, what's happening around me doesn't have to happen to me. It's a choice that I make. The man that brought the peace, the man that brought the freedom was this man, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who is the Christ. And he said, I will give you peace that passes all understanding. I will keep your hearts and mind. Let's go back to our text for just a second. Our text says that this is my name forever, and this name will be remembered from generation to generation. It is through that name that there is freedom in America, and for America was founded on this God. No man can take that freedom away because Jesus said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And no one can change that. Matthew 10 gives us the reason. He said, because the man that loses his life for my sake is the same man that has found it. And he says, because of this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Let me tell you a truth. I have had the privilege of traveling all over the world And up until recent days, America was the most respected nation of the world, even though the politicians and even though the administration and different people said, oh, no, no, I was very disrespected when I came into office. It is the most disrespected country in the world now today. It is mocked, it is ridiculed, it is laughed at around the world. And I've watched that, I've noticed that, and I've, But in all the years that I traveled, I stopped traveling as much in 2003. I've traveled a little bit since then, going to different countries, doing pastors' conferences and so on and so on like that. But one of the things that I remember was country after country after country I'd gone to. I'd gone to the Muslim countries. I'd gone to the Asian countries. I'd gone to the Western, you know, just every continent of the world. One of the things that I always heard, how grateful they were for America. I want to make a statement. I left it in your notes because it's very purposeful. If America ceases to be be America, the world will cease to be the world. People say, well, we're not the policemen of the world. It has nothing to do. We are the moral compass of the world. Let me say it again. We are. America is the moral compass of the world, which is what's happened. There's not much morale in the world because the morals... America have declined drastically. And as goes America, so goes the world. You say, well, Pastor, what is happening? Jesus is coming back. That's what's happening. And all this stuff is happening. All this stuff is transpiring worldwide. Why? Because the Antichrist has to come to power. And the only way he can come to power is there has to be a chaotic event in the world. You say, well, Pastor, what's that chaotic event going to be? Well, I think the great one's going to be the rapture. All of a sudden, millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people worldwide are going to disappear all at once, and the whole world is going to be crashed into chaos. And this man that's already on the scene is raising up and says, I know what to do. Why? Because he's been looking for it since the beginning of time. Say, Pastor, what what do I do? 
I'm glad you asked. Let's get back to the principles of God's word. Second Chronicles, it's not in your notes, but it's in your Bible. It says, if my people called by my name will humble themselves. Return to me and turn from their wicked ways. You notice he didn't say if America would humble herself. Didn't say if the countries of the world. He said if my people would just get back to the relationship I want with them. Then I will hear from heaven. That's what we need to do. It's all we need to do. You say, well, Pastor, we can't change America. That's right, but you can change your world. We can change my world. Just by our life being affected. Is it really going to make a difference? Eternity will tell. A few weeks ago, I shared this story. and I thought it would be fitting in this message. About a seasoned veteran that was on the mission field, returning home after several terms of duty. On the ship, headed to the New York Harbor, there was a secularist began to challenge him. He said, what do you think you've accomplished in life? There's nobody here on this ship even knows who you are. There's not a single person that recognizes the service that you've done. Don't you think you've wasted your life? To that, the missionary responded, well, sir, I'm, I'm not home yet. And the secularist thought that he was going to have a crowd waiting for him in New York Harbor. Well, the ship came in. And once again, there was nobody waiting. He boarded a train to the Midwest. And he began to be a bit forlorn. And he said, God, what's happening? As he arrived at his destination, he couldn't control himself any longer. Not a single person came to the train. Stepping off onto the platform all alone, the missionary finally fell to his knees broken. He said, God, maybe all I did didn't make a difference. Maybe you're here and you've lost a son, a daughter, somebody in the military. You're wondering, did it really make a difference? Well, I want you to know the Bible says that you and your house would be saved. And I believe all those prayers that you sent up for your children made the difference. And maybe on that battlefield, he, she prayed that prayer just at the last moment. Broken the man fell to his knees and said, God, did it make a difference? Did anything I do? And it was there that he heard the still small voice of God remind him, you're not home yet. There's a lot of things that we'll deal with in life. And we'll not know the outcome until we're home. 
Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.